1: This is your inside source to Hokie Sports, the Hokie Sports Insider. Let's go! Time to catch up on everything happening in Hokie Nation with your host, Evan Hughes. Hello, Tech fans, and welcome into episode number 35 of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, available to you on Wednesday, May 11th. Hope all of you are doing well. If you're listening in the Commonwealth of Virginia, hope you are enjoying the beautiful weather that we are getting, and hope you are enjoying the great spring sports that Virginia Tech as a whole having this year. We've got so much to talk about. On the podcast today, we've got two fantastic guests, one from softball, one from baseball. You'll hear from Morgan Overitis, who has played a big part of Virginia Tech softball success this year. Hokies are getting ready to compete in the ACC tournament. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Plus, Henry Weicker of Virginia Tech baseball joins the show course the Hokies top five in the country right now they've got a big time series coming up this weekend against number seven Louisville two great conversations coming up again Morgan Ovaritis and Henry Weicker and as always our Hokie Sports Insider podcast brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy and Smithfield but let's go through some Hokie headlines before we get to our two conversations for the podcast today. And let's start with the nationally ranked number two ranked Virginia Tech softball team. The ACC regular season champions. They went 21-2 and two in a regular season action. Hokies the number one seed at this week's ACC tournament. And they will get underway at 11 a.m. on Thursday, May 12th, they will play the winner of the 8-seed Louisville, the 9-seed Syracuse. And if you look at how the bracket is shaped, likely if the Hokies were to win, they will see Notre Dame or Clemson. The Fighting Irish, the 4-seed. Clemson, the 5-seed. Both of those teams ranked in the top 20. Of course, the Hokies swept Clemson earlier this year. They have not played the Fighting Irish this year. Season That would be on Friday, and then if the Hokies can make it to the championship game, which is on ESPN2 on Saturday at 1 o'clock, on the other side of the bracket, you've got Florida State and Duke. Of course, Seminoles are ranked number three in the country right now, and Duke top 10 in the nation. They are the defending ACC tournament champions from a year ago. So that's a look at the bracket. You can go to Hokiesports.com, go to the softball tab, take a complete look at at the bracket. Of course, updates to follow at Hokie Softball on Twitter. You can watch all of the games on the ACC network leading up to the championship game on ESPN2. Best of luck to the Hokies as they try and bring home an ACC tournament championship to go along with the ACC regular season title. And we've got more great news around the softball program as it was announced on. Wednesday morning, the ACC Softball Players of the Year. Congratulations to Keely Rochard, who brings home another ACC Pitcher of the Year award. She's accompanied by freshman Emma Lemley, who is the ACC Freshman of the Year. And then for the second time in his career, Pete Demore is the ACC Coach of the Year. Congratulations to those three Hokies on those big-time awards. From one top five team here in Blacksburg to another, you take a look at Virginia Tech baseball. The Hokies ranked fifth in the country. They've won 23 of their last 27 games. They're coming off of a weekend sweep of Villanova at home. Speaking of home, Hokies are going to be at English Field Atlantic Union Bank Park the rest of the way this week and next week. Big game tonight on Wednesday, May 11th, 7 o'clock, first pitch. It's the fifth-ranked Hokies who welcome in the Liberty Flames, a team that has a very good chance to win the A-Sun, a team that has beaten multiple ACC teams this year. Really good program. Hokies beat Liberty a couple of weeks ago, 10 to six on the road. So they go for the season sweep of the Flames tonight. And then this weekend, they welcome in number seven, Louisville, the Cardinals, a good chance. They're able to win the ACC Atlantic division. And there's a good chance if the, when the ACC baseball tournament comes around in a couple of weeks in Charlotte, that Louisville could be the two seed and Virginia Tech could be the three seed. So that That is going to be fantastic baseball this weekend. Of course, we've got you covered on the Virginia Tech Sports Network. If you can't be there in person, I'll have the call. Each and every pitch of tonight against Liberty on Wednesday, this weekend against Louisville, listen on the free Hokie Sports app. That is a fantastic way to listen in. How about Virginia Tech lacrosse? Some big news in the program that came out on Wednesday morning. Congratulations to graduate student Sarah Lubno, who took home All-America Honorable Mention honors. The USA Lacrosse Magazine announced. So congratulations to Sarah. She led the Hokies in scoring with 46 goals, 63 points in 2022. So that's a big-time honor there. And what a great first year. For head coach Kristen on the Hokies, they just missed out on making the NCAA tournament. But they go 9-9. They picked up the program's first ever win against then number 13, James Madison. Of course, they had that thrilling 12-11 win in triple overtime at Pittsburgh. How about going on the road? No, at home rather, number 15, Notre Dame, Thompson Field. March 10th, 13-12, the final. The Hokies beat Notre Dame at home. Those were a couple of the marquee big-time wins that Tech had this year. They also played number 2 Boston College extremely tough at the ACC Championships in South Bend. They've got such a bright future, and we've enjoyed having Coach Skyra on the podcast many of times this year. So congratulations to Sarah. Really good first year for Coach Skyra and Virginia Tech lacrosse. How about Virginia Tech women's golf? Worth mentioning, Emily Mayhar. They're in the NCAA Regional right now. Mayhar, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, she fired an even par 71 on Tuesday. Tied for fourth going into today, Wednesday's final round of the Ann Arbor Regional. Hokies as a team, they need to be one of the top four teams to advance. They are surging on Wednesday as we record this podcast, and we invite you to follow them on Twitter at HokiesWGolf for tweet updates on how they're doing in the final round of the Ann Arbor regional and then how about Virginia Tech track and field as the Hokies are going to get set for the ACC outdoor championships in Durham North Carolina this week so uh, really looking forward to that of course on the men's side the Hokies are going for their fifth overall outdoor team title and their fourth in the last six years the women looking for their fourth overall outdoor title and their first since 2017 best of luck to Virginia Tech Track and field again, the ACC Outdoor Championships this weekend in Durham. That are a couple of headlines. What's going on in Virginia Tech athletics this week? Again, hokiesports.com. You're one place to go to stay up to date with everything going on in Virginia Tech athletics. Well, I mentioned it earlier. We've got two great guests on hand. A little bit later, you'll hear from one of the top bullpen arms. That Virginia Tech Baseball has in Henry Weicker. He's got a great story about how he got from Massachusetts, its home state, to Blacksburg. We talk about how he was vital against Virginia a couple of weeks ago in Charlottesville. What's the key for a pitcher coming out of the pen and not knowing when your name might be called? Great conversation with Henry a little bit later, but our first conversation, Morgan Ovaritis joined us before the Hokies got on the bus on Tuesday to go to Pittsburgh for the ACC tournament. We talk about the great regular season that the Hokies have had what's been the key to Morgan's success Success as she's hitting over 350 on the year the relationship between Keely Rochard and Emma Lemley that is a great conversation and it is coming up next as we step aside for a break you're listening to the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast brought to you by our friends from Main Street Pharmacy and Smithfield. You're on the inside. More Hokie Sports Insider is next.
2: When you support Main Street Pharmacy, you also support your Virginia Tech Hokies. Main Street Pharmacy is locally owned in Blacksburg by a proud Hokie alum. We have quick, superior service. We save people money, and we have free delivery to the Virginia Tech campus, Blacksburg, and Christiansburg. Our patients are our family, and we invite you to join us today. Transferring prescriptions is easy. Visit msblacksburg.com or call us at 540-605-7721, and we'll take care of everything. Main Street Pharmacy. We treat you like a neighbor, not a number. Time
0: for the Hokie Insider of the Week. This is the Hokie Sports Insider.
1: All right, we welcome you back. Hokie Sports Insider podcast continues on, and I'm really excited about our next guest because she has been such a difference maker for Virginia Tech softball this year. Morgan Overitis, our next guest, joining us here over Zoom before the Hokies take off. Morgan, good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you, Evan?
1: I'm doing great. Glad you are here. And uh, you, we are recording this about an hour before you guys hit the bus and uh, depart for Pittsburgh to go to the ACC championship. So what is the mood like before you guys go to the ACC tournament in Pitt right now?
3: Um, I think we're all a little pumped because classes are over. We're mostly done with our exams. So I think we're just excited to be able to focus on softball and not have any other outside distractions and stressors that most college students have throughout the rest of the year. I,
1: I think that's something that a lot of fans forget about is the fact that this is finals and it's a stressful time. I mean, what's that like Like last year when you guys just got to be softball players for a month and not worry about school?
3: Um, I mean, it's it's so fun. And it's like you have time to just spend time with your teammates now instead of going home after practice and doing homework. Um, You can go get dinner with them. You can just kind of goof around. And it's it's nice having just softball and it's it lets us work on our craft a lot more, which is obviously nice in the postseason.
1: What is your major and what was the toughest exam you had to take?
3: Uh, My major is public health, and I didn't have many exams. I had projects, but um, my toughest exam was probably my social movements exam. Not a big history gal, but we needed it for a pathway.
1: Yeah, that's another thing, too, is that I think everyone thinks it's exams, but it's group projects and papers. Those are the things that'll get you this time of the year.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, Morgan, there there were so a ton of expectations put on this team after all the success that you guys had last year and being one win away um, from the world series, you look back at the regular season this year, 40 wins. I know that was a huge goal for you guys, but to go 40 and six, you look back from February to now, how would you describe the regular season for tech softball?
3: Um, I think it was a tough regular season. Um, A lot of the teams in the ACC, everyone's stepping up. Um, It's a big conference now and, I mean, I think we just took it one game at a time, one swing at a time, and we focused on what we needed to do to to be us and to to do what we do. And so I think that's really what we focused on.
1: Yeah, I feel like sometimes for some teams, there's a there's a turning point in the year where things start to click. For you guys, opening weekend against what four or five ranked teams down in Florida, It just kind of felt like you guys hit go at the start of the season and never let the foot off the gas pedal. Is that a fair assessment?
3: Yeah, I think we started off the season strong. Um, I think especially once we got to regular season, we really put the put the uh, foot on the pedal and we just kind of we knew what we needed to do and we knew how good we are and we just needed to do what we do. And I think regular season was a big I think that was a big stepping point this year. But, yeah, I think we started off the year pretty strong.
1: So well documented how coach demore really scheduled a tough non-conference for you guys mm. how much as a player do you enjoy playing the best of the best every time out
3: i mean it's it's exciting it's exciting to see those ranked matchups and to play the people that you watch you've watched on tv like the, the alabamas the uclas and it's it's fun to know that we're in it because I mean we're one of the best teams in the country and we're in those games and so I think it was it was definitely fun seeing those teams on the schedule in the beginning of the year.
1: What was the best environment you guys played in outside of Tech Softball Park this year?
3: I have to say the Rhodes House. I mean, there's nothing like it. Their fans are dedicated. It's just it's a big it's a big stage, and I think that was probably the most fun environment I've played in.
1: I heard that. You know, sometimes you go on the road and fans can be into it, but they're not the friendliest of fans. I heard the Alabama fans like they're really nice people, very welcoming, very supportive, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, they were really nice. I mean, we were walking off the field and they said, like, have a great um, trip back, ladies. Like, it was a pleasure to have you. And like, you can tell they were being genuine. And I know a couple of girls on the team and I know how their culture is. And Alabama is just a good place to play. Everyone's, everyone's nice. And that's how it should be.
1: I got to think Morgan from whether it was going to Rhodes, whether it's playing in Tallahassee at Clemson, a packed stadium. I mean, UCF looked to have a good crowd. I mean, I can go on and on about the environments for some of the younger players on this team. I mean, just about everybody on the squad, everyone's going to know what it feels like to be in such a great environment saying that you know the postseason really shouldn't phase anybody by the moment right based off the schedule Mm
3: -hmm. yeah I mean I think we've played in a lot of we've played in a lot of regional and super regional matchups already and not even just the crowd but the competition of the other team and so I think I think we're a lot of the younger players have been in the environment and I think it's just a mentality of we've been here before like we can we can do it there's nothing different so we just talked about all those
1: great environments, but there were a bunch of great games. I forgot to leave Tennessee out, which I believe I saw was the most viewed non-conference game on ESPN this year, which was really awesome. What was your favorite series or game this year? Oh gosh.
3: Yeah, um, I honestly have to say the Clemson series. I think it was a dogfight the whole time. Um, they're a good, they're a great program. They have a great pitching staff. And I think. I think we came in ready, and I mean, obviously, I think the most fun game was the last game. Um, <laughs> that was my first homer of the season, but I think we definitely all stepped it up that weekend, and we, we just played our, like ourselves, and we had fun doing it.
1: That was a big series, because at the time, I believe Clemson was in the top 10, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the opening weekend of ACC's.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: guys went down there, swept them, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that home run you hit—that wasn't just any home run; that was a grand slam, right?
3: Um, I think there were a couple on base. I honestly just remember hitting it. I don't remember who was on base, but I know there was a couple. But... That
1: was a great, great weekend. And I looking back on, is it fair to say that kind of set the tone for an eventual twenty-one and two regular season finish?
3: Yeah, I think that was a big weekend for us. I mean, every weekend's a big weekend, but. Coming in regular season, regular season, playing one of the tougher teams in the ACC. I think that was it was a it was a big weekend, and I think we treated it like every other weekend, which we should. But um, yeah, I think it I think it set the tone for the rest of the season.
1: We I mean, look at your numbers this year, Morgan. I mean, you're having a great year, hitting three fifty-eight. What's been the biggest key to your success this season?
3: Um, just kind of knowing, trusting the process. I've played collegiate softball for four years now and I I know what to expect and I know what I need to do to be successful so I think just kind of not being so hard on myself is something that I've done in the past and so I've just kind of taken it at bat by bat knowing that the last at bat doesn't matter
1: well you've had a couple of of big games this year you've started a lot of games and something that's also really stood out to me Morgan is that you've also come in as a pinch hitter before this year and delivered and in softball, for those that don't know, compared to baseball, you can have a lot more pinch hitters and kind of more flexibility with substitutions. So take me through the, the process and the approach when you're, when you don't get a start, but you know, your number might be called. I mean, how focused and ready are you to get that one at bat when you don't know when your number might be called?
3: Yeah. I mean, If I'm not like every other pinch hitter, if we're not in the starting lineup, we usually just have the mentality of like, what's this pitcher throwing? Like we kind of are on the same game plan. And so we know that when our number gets called, we know what we're looking for. And so when I go in as a pinch hitter, I know I'm a pinch hitter and they're going to give me something to hit. So I'm looking for that first mistake that they throw. And I'm I'm ready when they throw it.
1: Well, I I think that we have seen a lot of pinch hitters and pinch runners this year, because this team has so much depth top Mm -hmm. to bottom. I've joked with Coach before on this podcast. I don't know how he writes a lineup card because there <laughs> are so many options that he has. Can you kind of just speak to how talented this team is, especially from an offensive standpoint, top to bottom?
3: Yeah, I mean we have a lot of talent. Obviously, if you have Keely in the circle and Lemley's really stepped it up this year, and I think that's that's what we needed. We needed someone as confident as Keely, and I think we have a great matchup in the circle. And I think all of our every hitter on this team is capable of hitting the ball over the fence and it's just a matter of who's doing it at the time and who we need in the lineup but we have we have depth but like I've never seen a team with as much depth as we have
1: who has hit off the top of your head the longest home run of the year
0: that you can remember
3: oh god um I'm going to say it's between Mac and Bree. They've had some bombs, but I I don't know which one went further. I think as soon as we see it go over the fence, we're all we're all pumped up already, so we don't even watch it land.
1: My, my favorite ones are the ones at Tech Softball Park that move towards Beamer Way. <laughs> you never know if it's going to hit a moving car. That's the, that's the thing.
3: I know. We have a sign up there now, so people got to be <laughs> aware because we have been known to hit a couple cars. Um,
1: you know, you mentioned – uh, Morgan the, the 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 pitching depth and yes Keely and Emma we'll talk about them in a second but even Ivy and Mac Osborne in the depth there when looking back in the fall when you guys are just constantly inter-squatting, did you guys have a feeling right away especially with Emma like wow she's going to be really good
3: yeah i I'm gonna expose myself here but my first at bat off Emma I think I swung at three straight rise balls over my head and I was just like wow I was like I have not seen a ball move like this and I mean she throws hard and so I haven't seen a a rise ball move like that at that speed in a long time but um yeah we have a lot of depth and it's it's honestly hard in our inner squats because of how good our pitching staff is and we often have all four of them throw and it's like whoever you're getting you know you're going to get good pitches and so I think that's part of what makes us better is how good our pitching staff is
1: how about that relationship too we've had Keely on multiple times and we had Mac on a couple of weeks ago but they uh Keely says she is called mom with the group what's it like seeing the dynamic of Keely kind of mentoring the younger arms on this team
3: yeah. I mean, we don't see a lot because obviously they're throwing bullpens while we're doing practice, but she is a mom figure for them. And she, she's been, she knows the ropes. She really does. She's been here for five years and she knows, she knows how to act on the mound. She knows what to do. She knows how to throw pitches. And it's like she gives just little words of wisdom to those younger pitchers and they, they just look up to her. And I think that's what every team needs especially in the pitching staff. Um, so Keely's been a great a great mom figure for this team, and it's, it's what we need.
1: Morgan us, our guest here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. couple more questions for you because I know you've got to catch a bus. I don't want to make you late going to the ACC tournament, Morgan. <laughs> um, you look back your second year here in Blacksburg and talk about all your success, but I want to go back to when you decided to come to Virginia Tech. And at the time, it was before, of course, the Supers last year. And you knew this team was was on the rise. But when you decided to commit to Coach D'Amour in Tech, what made this program stand out? Why did you pick Tech?
3: Yeah, so when I went in the portal, I, I actually played with Jamie Bailey in travel ball. And so I kind of reached out to all my friends and us talking to them. And I've always kind of had an eye on Virginia Tech. And so I texted her and I was like, hey, like, let me know like what's what's the team about like what's the coach about and all I heard was good things and so um, I got in contact with coach Pete and I just talked to him about what the values of this team are and just like honestly I didn't know a lot about the school about Virginia Tech I was I was coming to play softball and I knew there was a lot of good things about Tech but um, just the program and everything that this program stands for and everything that our goals are like the goals that this team has. is just it aligned with what I wanted in the rest of my career and to where I wanted to finish out playing. And so once I got to campus, I mean, obviously it's beautiful. I've never heard of hoagie stone before I came here, but um, no, the campus is beautiful. Um, the school is obviously top tier. I mean, if you get a degree from here, you can, you can do a lot in the world, but um, no, this coaching staff in this program is, is what, really just drove me here and I'm happy to be playing for coach Pete and to finish out my career here in the next couple of years. But yeah, I, I love tech and I'm, I'm glad I came here.
1: Tell us a little bit about your hometown in Michigan and compare it to Blacksburg.
3: <laughs> oh um, wow. Yeah. So Blacksburg is nothing like my hometown. Um, we can walk to target at my house here. We have to drive 15 minutes. Um, but no, this is a lot smaller than, where I come from and obviously Michigan doesn't have mountains and we have lakes and whatnot, but it's a lot different from my hometown, but it's a experience. I wouldn't change for the world. Like I've loved living in Blacksburg. I've loved seeing a different part of the country and it's eight hours away from home, but it's, it's been worth it.
1: All right. So for those that are obviously listening right now, you can't watch this podcast, but a couple of fun questions from Morgan. So uh, my mom and 25 family members are from Michigan. So do you do the, the glove, <laughs> the hand thing? Yeah. What hand? Is it the right hand or the left hand that you can, it's like the state, the shape of the state of Michigan,
0: right?
3: Yeah. So I do the right hand. So like if it's facing you, your yep. thumbs are right. Cause that's like the, the kind of thumb. So I'm like down here. This is okay. right. I'm, I'm by Detroit. I
1: was about to say it's by Detroit, right?
3: Yeah. I'm by Detroit and Ann Arbor.
1: There you go. My mom's from Rochester, which I think is close.
3: Yeah. Okay. It's about an hour.
1: So if you never knew that before, right hand folks, hand facing you, that is like the state of Michigan and how it looks. I never knew that until uh, my mom taught me. So that's the number one thing I got to ask you. The other thing that she asks every fellow, uh, someone from the state of Michigan, do you say pop or do you say soda?
3: Pop. It is pop. I get, I have all my teammates get on me for it, but it's pop.
1: I, I, yep. That's what she says too. And the last one, do you know the card game Euchre?
3: I know Euchre. I was taught it a couple years ago. I haven't played it since, so I kind of lost it. But I know what um, Euchre is.
1: There you go. Apparently, it's a card game that is popular in the Midwest. Maybe it's played here in Virginia. If you're listening, feel free to tweet at me. We can have a Euchre conversation. All <laughs> right, a couple more fun ones here for you, um, Morgan. So I was just about to ask you before the podcast started. I said, nope, I'm going to save this for the end. I have been intrigued all year by Coach Pete's decision to make somebody on the team stand in front of the team before a game, get everybody to laugh. Have you gone yet this year?
3: Yeah, I was actually the first one. or I think I was the first one. How'd it go? I had the whole team pretty much belly laughing. It was, I think it was a really good one. I know Bree can attest to it, but... Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good one.
1: Uh, who has been? and You can say yourself. Who else? Somebody, give me some names that really crushed it this year. Like I heard Lemley photoshopped some uh, coaches' faces onto some like boy bands or something. But yeah. So you, I actually
3: started the photoshopping. Okay. I took the coach's face and I made them all girls. And I also took our supporting staff, which are mostly female, and I made them guys. So I think that was pretty funny. So the team seemed to like that one a lot. But um, Darby had a good one. She had like a spin the wheel of like um, dances. And so she put like a dance on the screen and they had to, they obviously probably didn't know half these dances. Like one was like the nay and like like things that are our, in our generation. And the coaches had to dance as to what they thought it was. And so that was pretty funny. I don't think Darby will ever be getting the joke again. But um, yeah, we've had a we've had a lot of good ones, but I think that was the one that stood out the most.
1: You're saying Coach Gillis doesn't know the nay nay.
3: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: Uh, that's good. That's really well done. And the uh, has the Mario backpack has that stayed from start to finish?
3: Yeah, we started that. I think the yeah the first weekend in Florida we we spin a wheel after every game or before like a series and um. Whoever gets like we spin for the wheel and or the backpack, sorry, in the um, joke. So we spin it twice. And so the first spin is for the backpack and whoever I mean, whoever lands on has to carry the backpack, which is just like sheet like stuff we need for the game, like papers and well, pens and whatnot. But, yeah, you have to carry the backpack until the next person gets it.
1: That's the fun with Hokie softball right there. They win. They have fun. They tell jokes. That's the 2020-22 Hokie softball team. Morgan, I really appreciate it. Almost 20 great minutes here on the Hokie Sports Insider. You guys are about to go to the ACC tournament, but I leave you with this. We close every podcast with the same question for all of our guests. What does it mean to you to be a Hokie?
3: Um, Wow. I don't think I've honestly been asked this since I've been here. Um, I think it just – Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting this question um but to be a Hokie I think it just means to me at least just kind of have passion for what you're doing and to be gritty because I mean the Hokies I honestly didn't think of them as like every school that you know of like your Alabamas and your UCLA's but I mean we we fight like them and I think that's that's what being a hokey is be passionate and be gritty
1: first time answer you crushed that that's very well said i think a lot of people will resonate with that morgan thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it uh this will be coming out uh everybody listening on on wednesday afternoon so i know everyone's gonna be fired up to watch you guys best of luck and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon
3: thanks so much thank you evan
0: if you're a Hokies fan you've got an appetite for winning and if you're a Smithfield fan, you've got an appetite for our flavorful hickory smoked bacon and our deliciously versatile anytime favorites ham. As a proud sponsor of Virginia Tech football, we invite you to start every game day with a hearty Smithfield breakfast. It's the protein packed way to get your morning started and prepare yourself for another victory. Fire up, Hokey Nation. Smithfield for the love of meat. All right, welcome back in. Hokey Sports Insider Podcast
1: continues on. Great conversation with Morgan Ovaritis. Hope all of you enjoyed that. And best of luck to Tech Softball this week as they start the ACC tournament in Pittsburgh. From one diamond to the other, we bring in our next guest. Very excited about having Henry Weicker join the pod this week. Henry, we're recording on your first day of technical summer vacation. So how does it feel that you're done with school?
2: Oh, you know, I, I don't think I've been in this good of a mood in a long time. I you know, just getting done with school, all baseball now. It's going to be really fun.
1: I was talking to Morgan about that in our previous interview. What was the hardest exam you had to take or paper project? Like, what was the hardest thing over the last week and a half?
2: So there I had this one class, just decided to not uh, do a bit of the work for a bit of the semester. And so this last week and a half was a, a bit of grind. I had like four papers. So it did then like the past two weeks it's It's been a lot. Would you rather have a final exam or a final paper or project? oh paper hundred percent i I can rip those out pretty quickly it's more the the sources that kind of get me
1: and your major is what criminology wow okay that's a that's a really fun major it sounds like it,
2: yeah it, it's it's interesting uh there's a lot of a lot of the classes kind of seem to repeat themselves um but uh, there were, I took a class uh, this semester, actually. It was called Systems of Justice. It was really cool. It was about the court systems. And I mean, I kind of want to go uh, into maybe like the Secret Service or something like that. So that was, that was really interesting for me.
1: Secret Service. That'd be pretty cool. I was about to ask what you want to do with
2: that. Have you known for a long time that's what you wanted to do? I Coming into college, I, uh, probably like 90% of the kids, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. But uh, no, yeah, actually, I read a book uh, after my freshman year. It was uh, called My FBI. It was from the uh, uh, previous uh, FBI director. And uh, I got really interested. So I just wow. had to go on that major. Yeah.
1: Look at that. Criminology major by day, elite baseball player by night. Henry Weicker, our guest here on the Hokie Sports Insider and Number five in the nation right now. What a ride it has been for you guys! I mean, gosh, the last month and a half, almost two months now, has just been nothing short of just winning, winning, winning. How would you describe this year for Tech baseball so far?
2: Oh, it's been electric. It's it's just been so fun. I mean, we're the this is the tightest group of guys I've ever been around, um, and I mean, we're all having fun with it. That just makes it that much better. Uh, everybody's, I mean, everybody's coming to the field with smiles on their faces. So. I mean, so far, so good. Hopefully, we can keep rolling.
1: Twenty-three of the last twenty-seven. Have you ever been a part of a stretch like this on a
2: team where just so many wins against really good competition every time you take the field? Never. No, this is this is probably the first time I've been in a part of this kind of winning team. Um, high school, I played with my brother uh, my sophomore year, and we were on a on a team somewhat like this. But I mean, not nothing comes close to this right now. This is awesome.
1: Why, why this group? Like, the talent's there, but it obviously takes the right personalities, the right chemistry. Like, what about this group has
2: made it so good? It's it's really just, I mean, we, we had a lot of guys that were really tight coming back. I mean, we lost uh, some really good friends um, to the draft and other guys that decided to transfer out. But, um, I mean, coming back, we had, I was really close with Griff last year just because we're both from Massachusetts. Represent? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Graham Fireved, Jonah Herney, Jackson, uh, Richie, um, all those guys. I mean, really close with all of them. And I think that's kind of – our group is really spread to uh, all the team. And, I mean, hang out together, you know, play cards at night. It's, it's all – everybody's together all the time. So it's been really fun.
1: I talked to Drew about this a couple of weeks ago on this same podcast. And you go back to the middle of March. And a tough weekend in Atlanta to open ACC play. Had a lead going, bottom nine series opener, and of course the fourteen inning marathon on that Sunday, and then you drop that close game to Pittsburgh to open, and you're sitting there zero and four in the ACC. You guys knew at that point, though, right? That you guys, that's not who you guys were, and that you were going to write the ship.
2: Oh yeah, I mean the ball was just it just wasn't going our way those first four games. I mean, like like you said, I mean we had a walk off on Friday and Sunday night against Georgia Tech, and then. Uh, it was really one pitch that decided the, the Pittsburgh game. So, I mean, it, we were playing them close uh, all, every time. And then once we won that Saturday and Sunday game against Pitt, it was kind of like, all right, like, we're completely fine, guys. Like, Keep rolling. I, I like to call the stretch 23 of 27. That has been the
1: stretch since Cal Ripken spoke to the team. What do you remember
2: about that morning that he spoke to you guys? He said, uh, win the first inning. And that was – I, that's been kind of a motto that we've been going by I mean every, we say it all the time um, and I, I think that's really helped us out because we're just kind of focusing like alright guys like first at bats like, lead off guy get on base and just after at bat after at bat I mean just keep it rolling pitching wise just focus on the first pitch keep it going and I don't know just kind of short term you just gotta think about that specific pitch and I think, I think about
1: the Miami series that you guys jumped out to those early leads. and Gosh, that's really been a motto this year. That's really cool. And then when he spoke to you guys, I mean, you we've had some incredible moments this year that you guys have been a part of. I mean, Fenway Park, which we'll talk about. First ever series win in Charlottesville. Coach Chef says the greatest living baseball player of all time, Cal Repkin.
2: What was that like to sit there and see him in the Weaver Center talking to you guys? That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I I he I think he had mentioned before, or someone had said something like, "Yeah, like Cal Ripken's coming in." I was like, "No way! Like, no shot he's coming in." Someone just decided to say that, and he walked into the team room and started talking. So I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> we're talking to Cal Ripken right now. This is really cool and cool guy. Oh yeah, really nice guy. Really, really uh, down to earth. Really nice." And, and from there,
1: again, 23 wins, last 27 games. Henry Weicker has been a lot of those big moments. Our guest here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. I mean, you you look at this stretch. Miami, North Carolina State at North Carolina. Boston College, I mean, that's a tough place to go into and went a long ways from home. Um, Virginia on the road. What, what are some of your favorite – is there
2: a series this year that was just super fun to be in for you personally? I mean, I, I, I think what probably most of the team would say was UVA. In-state rivals, both – we were number seven at the time. They were number 11. Like, that was uh, – the stadium was packed, too. We had, what, like 7,000 yeah. people at one of those games. I mean, that was just a really cool series. And being away, too, just kind of getting mouth from a lot of the fans and everything. And kind of. Do, s- do you enjoy that more when you're on the road and you've
1: got to kind of create your own energy with the opposing fans?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I actually kind of – I, I kind of enjoy when – I kind of get mouth... I mean, even from the guys in the team, I'll tell them like, "Chirp me if I'm, if I'm if I'm soft on the mound or something like that. Like, get me going a little bit, you know." Like, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of I, I tune them out when I'm on the mound, but when I'm in the bullpen and stuff, I hear them and kind of loosens me up. So let's talk about that Virginia series, which was just a couple of weeks ago. You win the Friday game,
1: drop a really good game on Saturday, and then Sunday, you guys fall behind four nothing early. You come in out of the pen. Early in that game, so when you when you take me through your mindset, you come in out of the pen. Like, what's going through your mind?
2: Down for nothing. What's your job to come in there and do? My job is just let our hitters do what they can do. And in order for me, in order for our hitters to be able to get us back in, I just got to make sure that we're keeping it close. And I mean, that's just kind of inning by inning. Just all right. It's four nothing, four two, four four. Look, it's all tied up now, and then end up going on to win it. So I mean. I know what our hitters can do and everything, so that kind of gives us, all, all the pitching staff, the confidence on the mound.
1: Mm. Um, you were the, I thought, the unsung hero, the MVP of that game because you gave the offense a chance down the stretch to score those seven unanswered. I mean, how when, when you're dealing and you're going up against a really good Virginia offense, I mean, those were two top five offenses statistically in the country. I mean, what's it like when you've
2: got a little pep in your step on the road like that in Charlottesville? That had to be something you'll never forget. Oh, my gosh. I mean going up I mean obviously like you said they were top 5 hitting team in the country but like I mean I saw what our pitchers were doing the the first two days our, our bullpen on Saturday even though we were down they were they were shoving um Griff he shoved and I was talking about it after the game and he was like I felt like terrible on the mound It's i was like okay I mean these guys aren't machines <laughs> just like we we played our uh our team in inner squads and I mean like we can our pitchers are good and yeah. so I it's just kind of the confidence on the mound the mentality that I mean, you can beat those guys, and as long as you're throwing your pitches where you're supposed to, you can you can beat them.
1: Take me through the approach of being somebody that comes out of the pen. Like, you never know when your number's going to be called, how long you're going to go out of the pen. So when the game starts and a starter's out on the mound, take me through your preparation of not even knowing if it's going to be your day you go in. Um,
2: I actually try not to think about it. I try to just kind of stay loose i don't I don't really like the tightening up aspect of you know just kind of like preparing in the long term um so actually uh karen and higgins and i we have this little thing where we'll just have really good vibes on the bench and so we'll just hang out just talk about random stuff just stay loose and then when our time's called that's when we lock it in on the mound but i mean we try to keep it really loose as much as we can just uh, that, that that seemed to help us a lot.
1: Take me through those guys. I mean, the pen that have been so good all year, and especially as of late, I, I feel like you guys are really getting the credit you deserve. Whether it's Virginia, Villanova, this weekend you guys were big. I mean, Higgins, Herney. I'm going to leave guys out. Just feels like you guys are in a really good place right now collectively as a bullpen.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, like you said. I mean, so far the last few weekends our bullpen's been huge. I mean we've been facing a lot of really good pitching so we're not scoring those 10 12 runs like we had at the beginning of the season um but yeah I mean it's been it's been really cool uh with our with our pitching staff uh I, I, I we're just in a groove right now. We just got to kind of keep it going. So Graham Firevent has been electric, and Coach brought up a great point that I didn't even think
1: about: is that he, in a single weekend at UVA, he had a win on Friday and he had a save on Sunday. And you two were the perfect tandem on Sunday. You set it up for him; he finished it out. What makes Graham and that fastball just so
2: tough to hit for hitters? It's I the it's like the statistics behind the fastball. Um, so he has crazy carry on his fastball. So I think, I think the average in the bigs is 20 inches or something like that. And he averages like above 20 and he gets his up to like 26, 27 on occasion. So that's basically just like a hitter. It's it's almost impossible for a hitter to get on top of that baseball. So that's why you see so many fly outs and they're swinging under so many for strikeouts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he just has crazy stuff on the mat. you can't really teach that.
1: So, And you've got great stuff on the mound yourself. So what is your favorite pitch? I mean, you need a strike. You're down in the count. What's the pitch you're throwing to get you back?
2: I've been starting to get a lot more confident with uh, this new cutter that I actually developed at the beginning of the year. Um, my old slider started to get a little loopier, um, and hitters were able to see it a little early. Um, so actually, I was th- I was throwing with Griff one day. I, I actually almost killed him. I almost hit him in the head. It, my cutter actually two seemed. Um, but it was it, I had to develop it for a little while. But I've been really confident in that. That's my primary breaker now.
1: That's uh, and I tell you what. On on going back to Sunday, you came in big spot against Villanova, uh, worked out of a little bit of a jam there in the ninth inning. I mean, but as as a pitcher, do you do you love those moments when you have to? You've got runners on. And there's
2: pressure and. Do do you thrive in those environments? Oh yeah, I have started to. Um, it kind of it, it took me a, a couple games to work back. Um, just like my first game against U uh, N C Asheville way at the beginning of the year, it wasn't good. Um. But it's just been kind of like the mentality kind of gradually throughout the season just gone that much better in these high-pressure situations.
1: Henry Weicker, our guest here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. We're glad to have him after practice here. He's done with school. He's got a bunch of time on his hands. Uh, Henry, you have a lot as a freshman when you came in in 2020. You guys have that same class, everybody around the country, you guys have had unique circumstances that you started your college career, you got a taste of it. COVID hit, season ended. So then you come back last year and you had an early, what didn't appear to be, but what it turned out to be a season-ending injury. So what has this meant to you to have a full, normal season of college baseball under your belt?
2: It's been a blessing. I mean, the the injury last year, that was just unlucky. Um, and obviously freshman year, we had the COVID hit and obviously the world shut down. But I mean, it's just been awesome. You know, especially with the group of guys that we have, it couldn't be a better team to play with, so I mean, it's just been an unreal experience. You
1: yeah, know, I think about you and I think about Cade in that you all have kind of similar stories of came in your freshman year, cut short, both of you had injuries last year. It's kinda of cool to see the two of you as a battery tandem doing what you're doing this year.
2: Oh yeah. I, Cade and I, I mean, we're really close outside of the field as well, so we last year when we were watching the games, I'd head over to his house on those Friday, saturdays and sundays and we'd we'd watch the games but i mean we we've talked about it multiple times how how just awesome and how it's been such a blessing to be back and healthy and able to be a part of this success
1: i asked drew hackenberg this question a couple weeks ago I asked griff the same question i'll ask you what makes cade both on and off the field a great catcher for a pitcher to work with
2: i think it's just the uh, the chemistry that we, we've been able to build uh on and off the field i, I he's i've had him since my freshman year so i've gone very comfortable with him um and then we're just really good friends off the field so we kind of know each other really well and he kind of he kind of knows what to tell me when i'm when i'm not doing so hot but when i'm doing well too he, he knows how to how to get me going more
1: See, i feel like a catcher's got to have the best one of the best personalities on the team or at least a way to connect because he's got to work with 10 15 pitchers right
2: oh yeah oh yeah i mean he has a lot of guys that he has to kind of communicate with and it's it's really uh, it's it, I mean it's really beneficial to I mean get close to them off the field like you said I mean it, it helps uh, the chemistry on on the field
1: well you are one of three Massachusetts natives on the team I know you Peter and Griff take really big pride in that so a couple of weeks ago got to go back and play at Boston College you were lights out on Sunday pitching in Brighton what was it like for you to pitch in front of I'm sure friends and family back in your home state.
2: It was awesome, and especially after the game. I got to go see everyone. I actually got to go back to my house that night and hang out with my family. Uh, that was that was awesome. I saw my girlfriend. You know, I got to see everyone I wanted to see, which was great. And then the day before, I know you didn't pitch at Fenway,
1: and you grew up a Tigers fan. I want to put that out there. You did not grow up a Red Sox fan. But that whole experience for you and the team, we've had a couple of weeks to just kind of marinate on it. When you look
2: back, what will you remember most about playing at Fenway Park? The the biggest memory? Um, well, I got hot that game, so that was pretty cool in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, it got hot right where Garrett Cole does. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> um, but my biggest memory, I had probably the Jack Hurley home run. That was, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> home run at Fenway. No doubt. You don't really get to experience that much, especially when you're in the bullpen part I, of the game. I told people the only thing that could have taken it from a 100 out of 10 to a
1: 101 out of 10 is if that homer was over the monster.
2: That would have been sick.
1: That would have been really cool. <laughs>
2: that, would <have> been, <clears throat> that would have been really cool. Well,
1: and speaking of the monster, for those listening, because I've had so many people ask me, like, how did the team get to enjoy Fenway? You guys couldn't take BP, I.O. at Fenway. You had to go to Boston College, and then you got the police escort in. So the 20, 30 minutes that, that both teams got to spend
2: in the outfield, the monster, what was that like? Oh, it was, it was awesome. You know, like – uh I, I've been on Fenway before, just because I'm from Mass. So I, I'm assuming a lot of people have done that uh, that uh, tour. But uh, no, I mean, being on the field, being able just to stand in the middle of center field and just look around the entire stadium, I, that was experience like no other. That was.
1: Uh, I'll always say the coolest thing I the, the bottom of Fenway Park, the man-made scoreboard, seeing VT Boston. Like that—that that was pretty special. It was very special. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Henry Weicker with us here for a couple more minutes on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Great crowd there at Fenway, but nothing quite like we have seen at English Field this year. What's it been like the Miami series to set a regular season attendance record? Even on Mother's Day, a really good crowd on hand. It feels like the passion for this program and the following has only grown from the start of the season to now
2: oh 100%. We uh, every every series it seems like we're filling more more people in here. And that Miami series, that was that was so cool. Especially uh, that was a Friday night game when it was like 5,000 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I remember I actually poked my head out of the dugout a few times just to make sure that there was actually people s- standing in the back of the terrace area because they couldn't find room to sit. It was that packed. Um and I I, I mean uh, Especially with Louisville coming up this weekend, what are the number seven? Number seven, it's going to be a top <laughs> ten series. I, I I think we'll get probably or hopefully um, close to that many people here. That's going to be awesome.
1: I I cannot wait for that. I think it's going to be a great crowd. Plus next weekend Duke at home. You know we've been on the road so much. It's been nice to kind of take a breath. Like everybody's gotten a haircut over the last couple of days. I see it. it feels like there's a little bit of relaxation at home here. In Black, oh yeah, right?
2: yeah. I uh, I actually forgot my uh, my razor on the road a couple times so i get a little little scruffy but uh, <laughs> but no yeah I got my hair cut i got to sleep in my own bed you know it's it's been nice just waking up and and being in my own bed getting breakfast it's it's been nice well henry the the motto that coach chef has instilled
1: since day 1 when he took this job has been building in blacksburg and it's been amazing to see the foundation the 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 literal hokey stone i like to call it, that has been built and built building this foundation and you have been a big part of that so i would i I would love to know, when you were being recruited to Tech, what's your story, and how did someone from Massachusetts wind up in Blacksburg pitching here for the Hokies?
2: So, I was actually recruited by the old coaching staff. So, I had had actually talked to Chef and Fecto when um, they were at Maryland, Um, but I decided to come here because I I saw what they were doing with the stadium, Um, they were updating Weaver, Um, and so I was pretty much sold based on that itself but I was also it was also really cool I mean they had a lot of good starts to their seasons in the past and it was ACC baseball you I mean you can't really get better than that so um, but yeah I was I was recruited my sophomore year um, they actually found me when I was pitching at the uh, PBR futures games in Indianapolis um, and just from there I I talked to them uh, ended up offering me I think that January and I, I took it very soon after and I've been couldn't be happier with where I am right now, especially this coaching staff. I, like I said, can't really get much better than this.
1: So when you when you toured Blacksburg, I mean, being from Massachusetts, we saw it firsthand. Great state, very different. Oh How would God. you describe the first time you walked around campus? What's going through your mind when you see the the mountains and you know everything that comes with Blacksburg and the New River Valley?
2: It's very much, um, it's much more. I guess college based because in Boston, you got Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. I mean, BC's right in the middle of that, but a lot of, a lot of people, you know, they're going to professional baseball games instead of the uh, BC baseball games. You know, I mean, all that stuff, uh, it, it overlaps, but uh, down here, it's all Virginia Tech. Downtown, everything everywhere is Virginia Tech. You got, what, probably 10 Virginia Tech. Uh, accessory stores and it's it's so cool I mean just being an athlete here too and knowing that the locals around here and the student body they they want to come to your games and and see us play I mean it's just it's really cool just kind of having that fan base especially the way it's grown like you had said in the in this whole season in the past five years
1: and hopefully there's a lot more baseball to be played this season here at English Field, Atlantic Keep it Union rolling. Oh, Park. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, again, a lot of home games with Liberty. This podcast will come out Wednesday afternoon for those of you listening. So tonight, Liberty, Virginia Tech, 7 o'clock this weekend. Liberty, Virginia Tech next Tuesday, Kansas State at home. And then next Thursday through Saturday, Duke at home. So a great opportunity for you all to come out with this, especially with the weather getting nice, Henry. It's gorgeous. It's, it's a gorgeous. perfect time to go sit on maybe the grass. I, I think it's a great place to watch a game, actually. It's down that third baseline.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome. Grab, grabbing the bench and the bullpen, you know, just watching the game. It's, it's awesome.
1: Do you <laughs> notice the little kids that have their gloves and are just chasing after the foul balls?
2: Oh, yeah. I We actually <laughs> – there's some times where I think they're going to get hit in the head. These kids try to camp under them. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good idea, man. But – uh no, yeah, it's it's awesome. They, they Going up to them, signing autographs, giving them foul balls and stuff, and that just makes a kid's day. So it's that's awesome. No, do. no doubt about it. Love
1: the fan support we get. And, again, gosh, if, if the same kind of crowd can be replicated from that Miami series, and that's one of the best. Coach Chef said that's a not just a regional environment. That's a super regional environment.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it, oh hands down. I mean, you – UVA, that that was really cool and stuff. I mean, but that was a way being home and having that kind of having that kind of crowd. That was that was sick. All right, a couple of fun ones for you, Henry, and
1: then we'll let you go. So the the hitters have the sledgehammer, and it's one of the best celebrations. Heck, I'm going to say it is the best celebration in college baseball. Do, would you, do you guys talk
2: about? Do you ever wish there could be something for the pitchers? It's been brought up. It's been brought up before, but. I I just don't see it. You know, that's a hitter's thing. It's really cool that the hitters have a celebration, but I I don't know how you would, what what you would do for a pitcher, I guess. Like, it's a good point. Like, I mean, you can't do strikeouts because if you strike out the side compared to one strikeout, what are you going to give them? Um, And, like, I I guess you could do, like, an immaculate inning kind of thing, but that's never happened this season. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of, it's one of those things I think it's, it's great that the hitters are doing it. Um, Doing like the hammer stuff—that's that's so cool. Uh, it's great to be a part of that, but I I just don't know if I can see a uh, a pitcher's one. It, well, did Griff or uh, hack say anything? No,
1: I didn't bring it up to them. I, uh, I you're right. I don't know how you would do that, but I guess more of a of a general baseball question. I mean, we see it in baseball now, right? Like a lot of hitters, they like to throw the bat. And there's a lot more excitement, and you get the debate about the unwritten rules and kind of the the way baseball's been played. What what do you think? As a college baseball player, do you think that's a good thing, baseball, the fun, the excitement that's brought out? I mean, from a pitcher's perspective, too, when you see a hitter do that, are you okay with that, or does it still bother you?
2: I'm completely okay with that. I mean, as long as they're okay with us going nuts on the mound if we strike them out or something like that. It's got to be played both ways. So, I, I mean, if, if you're doing that, then you might as well accept the fact that pitchers can do whatever they want on the mound, I guess, I guess showing up, but I wouldn't even say showing up right. a hitter because, I mean, a, a bat flip, that's just a guy celebrating. I, I would say a guy celebrating on the mounds equally as – I would say equally as normal.
1: So I love that answer. I'm, a, I'm in the same boat. But then we might have some people listening right now that, you know, baseball is different now than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago and the 100%. way you celebrate. And so I, I think it's a really good uh, discussion. Uh, a couple other ones here for you. Uh, how about this? Favorite dining hall in on campus? Where do you like to go?
2: My favorite? So I actually haven't been to one since freshman year. I, I, I've been to the Chick-fil-A on campus um, at Owens, but. My favorite food is probably the, the the ribeye at West End. Good choice. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> – I remember freshman year, that was like every Tuesday night. We would go get, grab ourselves a ribeye and mashed potatoes. If you could play another sport here at Tech, what would it be? Another sport? I'd probably say golf. I, I could go play Pete Dye seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the golfers get to do. And, again, is Gavin the
1: best golfer on the team? Is that what I've heard?
2: So I've heard Noah shot a seventy one um before. So I, I've actually I don't think I've ever played with him um but I've I've heard from multiple people. He's really good. I've played with Gav, I mean he stripes it. Um but I'd probably say it'd have to be between them. I, I wouldn't put myself up there yet. I I'm working towards it if I can get rid of this duck hook. But <laughs>
1: Just short game, putting. That's your strength. Oh, yeah. Day.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you need me to nibble around the greens. That's, that's – <laughs> yeah. I'm your man. That's important in Pete Dye, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Oh, it is. Final one uh, for you, Henry. We really appreciate the time. I know Hokey Nation's enjoyed listening to
1: this one. We close every podcast. Same question for all of our guests. What does it mean to you to
2: be a Hokie? It means everything. I, the, the fan base here is just so cool. It's unlike anything I think I've ever seen around the country. Every, like when the fans come here it's not like an MLB game where it's more of just like a relaxed environment when fans come here they're they're here to see you they're excited about every pitch every hit it's just it's just so cool especially Enter Sandman that's unlike anything else like all the football games and everything but yeah I mean we have some really cool stuff that happens at Virginia Tech the hammer Enter Sandman that's just one two of all, many
1: we're glad you're here. We're glad you're a Hokie, Henry. Thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. And uh, I know Hokie Nation is going to be behind you guys this week. All the weeks moving forward, continued success, and thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for having me on. Yeah, let's keep it rolling.
1: That's Henry Weicker joining us here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, and that'll do it for our episode this week. My thanks to Henry as well as my thanks to Morgan Overrides for joining us. As always, you can stay up to date with everything going on in Hokie Sports. Twitter handle at Hokie Sports, Hokiesports.com, your place to go. I'm Evan Hughes, your host, thanks along. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time for another edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Have a great week, Tech fans.